This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All righty, here we go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Spotify, Apple, Megaphone. Thank you very, very much for downloading the app and following along and downloading all the shows. I cannot even tell you how happy Kelly and I both are with everybody across all social media platforms that are actually enjoying our shows and leaving the comments. And oh my goodness, on Facebook, gang, the stars are absolutely incredible. The people that are leaving the stars, I thank all of you. Those of you that don't know anything about the stars on Facebook, you can purchase those and it's like tipping me. You can leave those stars and lets me know that you enjoy the show. And I'll tell you what, it is absolutely amazing how many people are taking advantage of the stars and sprinkling them all over my live videos and all over my other videos. So for that, I, I can't even tell you how grateful I am. I'm grateful for everybody and everything that happens for this show. Today, we got a good one. Today is Text the Show Wednesday. Whoops, it says Tuesday. What'd you do, Dave, you dummy? It's text the show Wednesday. You can text me anything about fishing you want to talk about, and we will do our very, very best to answer it. We will do everything we can to come up with a great answer for you about whatever your questions are about uh, fishing in Southern California, fishing in Baja, fishing anywhere you want to go fishing at. Florida, Baja, anywhere. It's text the show. Wednesday, I answer all your texts. It's 949-374-0786 is the number to text. And then we will give away a nice shirt to one lucky texter. We'll pick you at the end of the show or I'll send you, if I forget to say it on, because I get so excited talking on the show and answering all your questions. If I forget, I'll just send you a message like I did last week and we'll get that shirt out to you. So make sure that when you send your text in, you let me know who you are because I don't know who you are unless you're already in my phone as one of my friends. So make sure you let me know your name, who you are, and uh, I will do my very best to answer your questions. Yeah, it's Fish Labs Promar USA Wednesday. We always talk about some Fish Labs Promar. There's Marley. He just woke up. He was sound asleep. I was trying to get him up, tell him, hey, we're about to do the show. And there he is, checking it out, Mark. Check it out, buddy. Yeah, there you are. Good morning, Mr. Marley. 
So that's Marley. He's my monkey. We have a monkey on the show. I don't know any. I scan the web. I don't see any other fishing podcast with a monkey, but there probably is. But that's Marley. He's our uh, mascot. He's our fishing monkey. And uh, we're going to just start talking about uh, all the cool things we got coming up here. And remember, you can text the show whenever you want. And I'll do my very best to answer your questions. Do not forget about this, gang. Friday's show is going to be incredible. I've got four of the War Heroes going to join us on the show. Plus the director of War Heroes on Water, Rod Halpern, is going to join us on the show. And it's going to be a phenomenal show. Make sure you let everybody know. Share it with all your friends. Because this is a special event that's been going on now. This will be the fifth year. I've been blessed to be a part of it since the beginning. And it is a life-changing event at every aspect. Whether you show up for the uh, parade. You show up to meet and greet the the uh, war heroes, whatever level you show up to be a part of this, or if you just dig down in your pocket and donate to Freedom Alliance and the war heroes, you, it, it's going to change your life, I promise you. So make sure you don't miss this show Friday. You're going to get to hear from some of the heroes. You're also going to get to hear from myself and Rod about how, how uh, the whole event goes and how important it is for everybody to be a part of this. So we're going to get going here in just a second. If you guys have any questions, make sure you send them in to me. Your saltwater guide at yahoo.com or 949-374-0786. I'm trying to read all these comments and all this stuff. And my beautiful assistant is out at Costco filling up the house with groceries because we have some friends coming to take care of Marley. Next week's going to be Difficult at best to do the show. We're going to do the very best we can, but we are going up to Southern California to get our new car and drive it down. So we will see if we're able to get service on the road. If so, we'll be doing the shows at nighttime. But uh, Tuesday, there won't be a show, period, because my beautiful wife, her very most favorite place on the planet, Kelly Girl's favorite place is Disneyland. So that's where we're going on on uh, Tuesday when we're up in California, we fly up Wednesday, go to Disneyland on Tuesday, and then we're going to drive to Baja Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, hoping to be back down here with our new car on on uh, Saturday. So we'll see how that all goes. We'll see what happens, and we'll try to we'll try to get get online and let you know if the show's going to go or not. But if we do do the show, it'll be at six o'clock at night all next week. And it all depends on service, but we got to get this car down the down here to our house. I got Kelly a nice big truck so she can drive around down here, and I'll feel much safer while she's cruising around. We got a few quick few questions coming in. I'm very happy about. So we're gonna get going here. A few more questions, guys. Send me your questions. Look, gang, War Heroes on Water, super special event. Hit that QR code, gang. It'll show you how to donate to the War Heroes. Every penny helps. This is this whole event. Everything is put together by volunteers. We all vote, volunteer our time, our boats, the bait, the fuel, the food. We donate everything to these 
guys and gals that risk their whole everything for us so that we can go fish and have fun and play and be out on the ocean fishing and having fun every day. We couldn't do any of it without these war heroes doing what they did for us. So hit that QR code. We'll be flashing that thing up a lot during the show on Friday, because once you hear these guys talk, you're going to go, Oh, I get it. I understand what Dave talks about it every year for the last four years. I've been talking, talk about this event and we try to get everybody involved that we can. And this year, it's going to be spectacular. We're taking 50 war heroes. We're going to have a bunch of boats. It's going to be insane. It'll be absolutely insane. But the guys will talk more about it on Friday. And don't forget, gang, Promar Ahi USA is having that phenomenal contest for all the members, everybody that watches the show. By just visiting the store, all you got to do is grab that QR code right there and visit the store, Promar Ahi USA. You visit the store. Those of you that are at the PCS show, you met my producer, my social media director, Elliot. He can track whoever visited the store. And what we're going to do is we're going to give away a beautiful gift package on June 1st for one lucky winner. You just have to, besides grabbing the QR code, you have to actually go into the store. He can't see who you are when you grab the QR code. But if you enter the store, then he knows who you are. And then we're going to give away this gift package. It's going to have deception lures, some uh, cedar plugs, some rock cod squirts, a hat from Promar, a shirt from Promar. It's going to be a cool grab bag. And all you got to do is visit their store. And that enters you into that contest gang. That's a pretty good deal. All you got to do is go over there and virtually walk into the store and walk out. Grab that. Don't forget to grab that QR code because that's the way in to know that you went in through your saltwater guide. If you just go to the store, Promar Ahi USA, we, we can't track it. You have to go in using the QR code right here. That's the only way we can track it. And uh, just to let you know, it's going to be a very easy contest to win because there's not a lot of people going in there. So I don't know why, but you want to go in there and check it out. Last week, I think 12 people entered. So far this week, I think... One person entered, so you got a really good chance of winning this grab bag, so don't be shy. We're going to pull one name out of the hat, and you're going to win this bitchin' grab bag of cool stuff. So let's get going. Let's get going. We got a lot of questions here. It's John Bretta, president of product development's birthday today. Happy birthday, John. Happy, happy birthday. And, yes, I got my order in, and it'll be ready for you to pick up and take down to the marina tomorrow. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Rob, the main dude. Do you, hey Dave, when you go to the bait barge, how, about how many squid do you get in a scoop? Same for mackerel, anchovies, and the scoop. That's a good question. And that's a very, very smart question. And it all depends on the size, Rob. And when we say a scoop, that's usually two or three passes with the net. So it's going to depend a lot on, I'm just being honest, it's going to depend a lot on the size of the bait, the quality of the bait, how the bait looks in the net, how big the scoop's going to be when they put it in there. They may 
may give you four passes for a scoop, depending on the quality and the size of the bait. But I promise you a scoop of squid, one scoop of squid, if you purchase it, $75, that should last you the whole day for a couple of guys fishing on their boat. If you got more than a couple, you might need two scoops. But two guys, one scoop of squid, you probably have plenty of leftover squid at the end of the day, and you probably will have caught plenty of fish. But as far as how many uh, fish are going to be in a scoop of whatever kind, you say mackerel, sardines, or squid, it depends on the size of the bait and the quality of the bait. Marty, you are very excited, very active. He's looking for his treat. He usually gets a treat before we go live, so he participates. And what we give him is these mango packs. Those of you that are think wondering about our monkey, we give him these little mango packs. These are loaded with fresh mango, and uh, he absolutely loves these little packets. You see him up? He's right on the edge, right on the logo there. He's right up on the logo and ready for his ready for his little snack. I'm sorry, Mar. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. He always gets a snack before we go live, but he was sleeping. So that's what he was waiting for. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm back. So that's Marley, our rescue monkey. And that's the answer to your question, Rob. Thank you always for sending in some cool questions. All righty, here we go, here we go. I don't see a name. Oh, Bill, looking to fish in Cabo for three over Memorial Day weekend. Can you please provide a recommendation? Yeah, how many people, Bill? That depends. And just so you know, Cabo San Lucas is one of the most expensive places on the planet Earth. You're not going to get so bargain deal, but I have some really good buddies that run some really good charter boat operations down here we can get you on something cool depending on how many people in the memorial day weekend you better get with me sooner than later so give me a call or a text message and we'll get you going as quick as we can on this thing and get you a reservation on somebody's boat but uh it's going to be earlier the, the earlier the better what is the comp okay this is Fish Labs, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. We were going to talk about it at the 20 minute mark, but this Fish Labs, this is a company is owned by Akuma. Akuma sponsors the shows on Wednesday. Fish Lab is their lure company that Akuma owns. Fish Labs makes a plethora of lures, both for fresh and salt water. And we've done a lot of videos about them. So, Check out Fish Lab. Just type it right in and you can go right to their website and see what I'm talking about. Today, I'm going to show you an Akuma reel that I like to use a lot. We're going to show you that in a few minutes. But Fish Lab is the company that makes the lure or that is the lure company for Akuma. Akuma owns the lure company Fish Lab. And that's what we're wearing today is some Fish Lab clothing that we just got. Nice hat, nice shirt. Everyone said the collar on my Your Saltwater Guide shirt wasn't looking that good. I tried a different shirt. I need to get me some new Your Saltwater Guide shirts, but I left the box up in Southern California. So there you go. All right. But thank you, Mike Lewis. Okay, here's another question. Hey, Dave, my name's Sean. I have bluefin question. When using a sinker rig, do you use straight braid to floral or do you like a top shot of mono before your floral and what's 
pound test do you prefer? Thanks in advance. Okay, that's a great question. Now here's how I do it because the rods I fish with are longer and they have a softer tip. And I, I personally, I'm not going out there after two and 300 pounders. I like those 30 to 40 pound fish when those are biting and they're biting the sinker rig. I'm going to use straight 65 pound braid. And then I'm going to use a, a small piece of fluorocarbon, probably 40 or 50 pound on that sinker rig. And then I'm going to put my sinker. I just rubber band it. I know that there's a bunch of different ways to do it. And I know there's some superstars of bluefin fishing that have made a whole bunch of different ways to do it. I just do it on rubber band rig and I drop it down slowly so that the line does not. Here's the biggest problem, Sean, when you're dropping down a sinker rig, a lot of people just fire it on down there. And what happens that line spins up the, the, the break, the fluorocarbon will spin up the braid between the sink because where the sinker is, and then the line comes, goes up that side and it's supposed to be hanging down on this side. But when you drop it, the line with your bait on it will spin up the braid. If you don't slow down and drop it slowly. Plus I like to drop it slow because I get bit when I'm dropping it down more times than I get bit when it gets to the zone I think I'm supposed to be at. So I drop it as a very slow rate, reels in my hand, index fingers on the spool, thumbs on the trigger, ready to go in or out of gear. And I'm dropping it slowly with my index finger so I can feel it. As it's slowly going down, I can feel it. Feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. Then all of a sudden it'll take off like it just got hooked to the back of the car. Then I'll flick it in gear and bam, I'm hooked up and I'm having fun and I'm in the game. But I don't use monofilament. I have, I got away from that years ago. I don't use any mono on any of my rigs anymore. I use straight braid. Like this reel has nothing but braided line on it. And then uh, a short piece of fluorocarbon. And then the rods I use, here I got one right here because I just got back from fishing Lopez Mateos. So the rod I'm using is nine foot. But if you look, this first section right here, one, two, three, four, down to the fifth guide, it bends, it's pretty soft. Then it shuts down here at the fifth guide. It starts to get, so that's going to be that stretch that you don't get with mono. The softer the tip, the better it is for fishing straight blade to floral, straight braid to floral, I sound like Biden. Fish straight braid to fluorocarbon. That softer tip is going to help you out tremendously because there's no give. You have no stretch. You have no give like you do with a piece of monofilament. So that's why I use a longer rod with a softer tip to give that little bit of flexibility when that fish bites it and you put it in gear and you start to pull back on them, especially when you're tuna fishing. There is no need to do that giant hook set like you see on the movies or on TV where the guy just wails on it and sets the hook. That fish is going 100 miles. Like I said, it's going to feel like someone tied the, your line to the back of the car as you're letting it out and the line's going out slow and smoothly. And then all of a sudden it just starts to take off. All you got to do is click it in gear and pull back a little bit. You don't have to do that violent hook set. And especially 
when you start to learn how to use braided line and you're not using a piece of mono, there is no stretch. So when you do that violent hook set, you're going to break your line or you're going to rip the hook out of the fish's face. And those are two things you don't want to do because there is no give and that softer tip's going to help out tremendously. And Dave Burris, yeah, Dave Burris, one of the best rod makers and one of my very closest friends, he says he loves braid fishing, works way better. Absolutely, it works way better. It's, it's the way to do it nowadays, gang. If you're still fishing straight monofilament, first of all, you're an environmental terrorist because you have to change your monofilament every other trip. You have to. Because when you pull the monofilament off your reel, it will look like a spring. If it looks like a spring right now, go over and grab a reel while you're listening to me and pull the monofilament off. If it looks like a spring, it's no good. You do not want to throw that monofilament in the water with a hook on it that looks like a spring and have an opportunity to hook your fish of a lifetime, a big white sea bass or a big yellow or a bluefin on rotten monofilament. Are you kidding me? That monofilament needs to come out of that reel looking pretty straight. And if you take it off your reel and it looks like a spring, run your fingers down it and you're going to go, how did it get all twisted? That's just from you winding it onto the reel and letting it out and winding it back on. Especially if you fish at all with monofilament, every time you wind in your line, your bait spins or your sinker spins, that monofilament is spinning and then it takes up the memory of that when it goes on your reel. The next time you pull it off, you're like, you're going to be blown away. You're going to go, I don't even remember it. It's spinning. I didn't troll this. I didn't do that. And I learned all this a long time ago when I was a kid because I used to be pissed when I'd pull my mono off the reel and it'd be all twisted and it'd look like a spring. And I'd go, we didn't even troll with this. Then an old timer told me every time you wind it in, it spins. The bait spins, the sinker spins, the hook spins. All that spin goes onto your monofilament and it's memory. And that memory causes breakdown. And plus the minute the monofilament touches salt water, it starts to break down. Not break down to get invisible, but break down the, the, the strength. And then sunlight has a huge effect on monofilament. So those two things are... Super important to understand that you didn't do anything wrong. You used it. But the minute you used it and took it out in the environment, it started to not be as good, for lack of a better word. Not good. Braid, this has zero memory. This has been wound in and wound off. Uh, I don't even know a, a lot. This, this braid probably been on this reel for th two or three years. Okay, because I have a whole bunch of these, so. But look it. And I just fished the heck out of this up in Lopez Mateos for three days. There's no memory on braid. It doesn't have any memory. It lasts a phenomenal amount of time. The only time I ever really change my braid is when I my spool gets low like this one right here. It's getting low. So I'm going to have to pull this braid off and put some different braid. And what I'll do with this braid is I'll put it on one of my Komodos because there's enough braid on here to fill up a 300 all the way to the rim. So I'll just put transfer this over to my Komodo 300 and then I'll fill up my uh, Tesoro. Now, this is a Tesoro reel, star drag. 
what we all grew up on fishing with Dan, Kim, Dave Burris. We all grew up fishing with star drag. Lever drag, you know why everybody makes a lever drag reel? Because people buy them. It's not that important, gang. It's not. Plus, it doesn't have the castability. Now, those of you that swear by the, the, the lever drag and, oh, I got to have. Okay, that's fine. I'm not talking to you, so relax. Take it easy. I'm talking to the people that want to learn. That's who I'm talking to. So just understand that this reel is a star drag, plus it's a narrow spool. So it's very easy to guide the line back and forth. This is a this is a 10, or this is a narrow five, excuse me. This is a narrow five. I love this. The narrow five, my go-to reel. Also the standard five. Either one of these two reels are my go-to all day, every day. This is this is I'm fishing in the mangrove. So this is 65 pound braid. When I'm fishing offshore, tuna or Dorado or anything, I'm using 40 pound braid on here, but this is 65 because I'm fishing in the bushes in the mangroves. So that is, go to Akuma, check out their website, look at the Tesoro series reels, gang. This is the this is it. You have some of these, you're done. I like the fact that they're so light because I fish and I fish hard all day and I'm holding on to this thing all day. You take the same reel and put a lever drag on it, the thing's going to weigh a ton. Plus, it isn't going to have free spool like the Star Drag has like a phenomenal free spool. This thing will just spin and spin and spin free like you can't even believe. It's just a spectacular machine. The Tesoro series reels from Akuma Star Drags are absolutely unbelievable. I love them. And then the, check out while you're over there, just go. You can just log right on to Fish Lab and look at all the different lures, and they got a ton of them. And you can also watch all the different lure videos I have over on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. On my website, gang, everything we're talking about on this show every day, all the time, everything we talk about, I have videos about how to do it, how to do it better, the best way to do it. The way I learned how to do it, you just go to my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. And gang, when you log in, when you sign into my website, whether you sign in on the app or you sign in on the website, there is a line to leave your telephone number. Leave your tell. It's me. I own the website. I it's all it's Dave Hansen. When you call my HR department, I'm going to answer the phone. When you call my sales department, I'm going to answer the phone. When you call to talk to Marley, I'm going to answer the phone. Don't be afraid to leave me your phone. No one else is getting your phone number, gang, but I cannot help you if you don't leave your phone number. Also, the very first video on the website says, call me before you go any further. I cannot be more, I don't know what else to do. You need to leave your phone number or call me. One of those two things, there's a disconnect. We signed up. 11 people yesterday on the website and one person left their phone number and two of them called me and they were totally jazzed when I answered the phone. They were like, really? I'm all, yeah, it's me. I'm going to answer every call. All the members, everybody that's a part of the website will tell you, I answer your calls. As long as you're a member of my website, I answer your call. 
Is there another website out there that the owner of the website answers your telephone calls? Every time you call, every time you call. Or if you leave a text message, I try to get to those as quick as I can. If you ever saw my phone though, the thing's on, it's like on fire all the time with all the text message emails and everything else going on with all the shows and the social media and everything. So just understand, you need to leave me your number if you want me to get a hold of you. I cannot magically make you call me, all right? So when you jump on there and you will, eventually, if you're not a part of my website yet, you will be eventually because you will get tired of sucking at fishing. You will. Eventually, you all get tired of not catching. And that's one thing I can promise you. If you go over to my website, your saltwater guy, grab that QR code right there on your screen. You'll never have to suck at fishing again unless you want to because I make sure that you don't have to. And then the community that we built is the most safe Community with the most information you've ever seen. All members are sharing everything they do, right? Dan and Kim, right? Mike, right? Everybody's over there sharing on the community all the time. We want to make sure that you understand how cool this website is and how much fun it is over there. So we got a lot of questions still. If you're new and you haven't been up here, you can send me your question right now, 949-374-0786. I will do my very best to answer I will do my very, very best to answer you today. We'll try to answer all the questions. We have quite a few. Dave Hill. If California fishing license is good for the year till the next year this time? Yes. Wayne, we had Wayne on the show last week. Wayne talked about it a little bit. They got it so that now when you buy your fishing license, say you bought it today, it'll be good for 365 days, it'll be good till till the 9th of next year. It'll be good till May 9th because it's May 10th. So May 9th of next year, you'll have to renew. That is a cool thing. That's how Mexico's been doing it for the beginning of time. It's a really cool thing, and it, it's going to help them out tremendously. One thing I used to hate, we start lobster fishing in October, and a lot of guys wouldn't get out to go lobster fishing with us till November. And they want to go on two or three trips. So they'd, buy, they'd have to buy a year license in November. And it would be good for a month and a half. It was silly. Now it's cool. It's 365-day license. That's pretty rad. That's a big step up for the state of California. It's hard to believe that they did something in our favor, but they did. Okay. All right, Brian, Brian Pearson is asking me about the, the kelp that's coming in the Gulf of Mexico, heading up southwest Louisiana, Mississippi, going with the long-term effects of what's going to happen with it. Thanks. That is that, is that Sargasso grass, Sargasso grass. Uh, they were talking about it when we had uh, Rob and Amy on the show. This grass cannot be bad if you think about it. It's what it's doing is it's coming up off the bottom because of the weather, the temperatures or whatever and it's coming up into the uh the water chain or the 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 uh, food chain. It's adding more nutrients into the water. I know it looks ugly and it stinks when it gets on the beach, but the time it spends in the water, it is phenomenal for all the bait fish. It's phenomenal for the for 
all the pelagic fish to lay their eggs on. When they cruise by those things, there's a lot of bait fish there. They spend some time. Sargrasm, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Matt. But yeah, that grass is a phenomenal occurrence that's happening right now down there. And also I saw the videos and it's happening like no one has seen it in a very, very long time, but it's a cleansing of the ocean. And so all that grass entering into all the different pieces of water that it's going into, it's only adding higher nutrient levels into the water. It's going to be great for everything. I know right now it kind of sucks, but if you wait a month or so after this whole cycle gets done, and it's just another cycle in the cycle of things, Brian, and it's going to help, and it's a good thing. But it sucks when it hits the beach and it starts to decay on the beach. It makes the worst stench. If you have a restaurant or a bar down on the beach, it's not good. But as far as the time it spends in the water, that is phenomenal time. Right, Mark? Right, buddy? Yeah, it's a phenomenal time. Did you eat all your did you eat all your mango? All right. We got another question from my good buddy John Rowe. And John, do I answer the phone when you guys call? What does the gain and the interference do on the fish find? Okay, that's a great, thank you. I'm just making a really cool video for the website about fish finders. We call them pedometers, but it's a fish finder. So the gain and the clutter or interference are super important. Let's say you're, uh, you're out fishing and there's other boats around. Everybody's got a different fish finding apparatus. So the interference on there is... When you're, let's just say you're at Catalina and the sea bass are biting and there's a hundred boats between Orange Rocks and, and uh, Silver Canyon. And they're all anchored up in 70 to 100 feet of water fishing those squid beds, waiting for that sea bass to make its big circle and bite everybody. What happens is a lot of times the different, the different pedometers are putting out, our fish finders are putting out different frequencies in the water. And so it starts to add what we call static onto the screen. So the interference, you can start to clean that up and you're just going to slowly back it off, John, and slowly back it off and back it off until it cleans the screen. Then what's going to happen with the gain? And here's how I run the gain on every boat. And there were many years where I would be on 100 different boats in a season. When I get on your boat, I'm going to get out of the harbor. I'm going to look and see what the bottom looks like. I'm going to get in like 100 feet of water and I'm going to stop. And I'm going to adjust your gain. I'm going to get that bottom to where I can see it, put it in the middle of the screen. So I'm going to, if I'm fit, if I'm going to look at the bottom in hundred feet of water, I'm going to put the, the surface zero, and then I'm going to put the deepest part at 150 feet. That'll put that almost halfway in the middle of the screen where the bottom is. Okay. Then I'm going to look at that bottom and I'm going to turn the gain up super high and then I'm going to start to back the gain off until I see no static on the screen. Then I know it's set perfect. I know I'm going to find any fish that are free swimming in the ocean. And then I'm not going to touch the gain anymore during the day. Because once you get offshore and you get away from where the bottom is, it's going to be really hard to set the gain proper. So once I set the gain where I can see the bottom, I don't touch it again. I click out of that screen. And also something to remember, those of you that are boat owners and those of you that have your electronics on your boat, 
Nobody gets to touch those buttons on your fish finding apparatus except you. Now, I know your wife will get to touch it. That's okay. But your friends and people coming on the boat, eating their boogers, and they're like, oh, that's not how we run art. Think, why are you with me? Don't come on my boat. John already knows how to set up the photometer perfect. So he's not going to let you come and start changing things and doing different things with that machine. Keep your flipping hands off of other people's machines when you come out on the boat. We don't want you messing up what they're doing. And uh, that's what I would say all the time, every time, John. That's how you're going to adjust that gain and that interference. The interference thing is not going to come into play very often, only when there's a phenomenal amount of boats around. And you'll start to see the static showing up on your screen. And that's when you're going to have to try. Sometimes you can adjust it out of there. Sometimes the frequencies are just too strong to do anything. And then you lose your visibility at the looking at the bottom. So. That's what I got on that. Let's see. Drew up in Ventura. Going out fishing this weekend. Any islands up here you want to report on? Yes, absolutely. Drew, go over. When, I don't know if you're on our website or not. But if you're on our website, we have a really good guide up there. Sonny. His, his uh, number is accessible off the website on the community section. And also, Drew... I do a game plan for the Channel Islands every every Thursday afternoon at 3.30, and I give you a rundown of what's going on. And I get pretty accurate information with Sonny, especially now being a part of the website. We're giving you real-time information from what the, what the guys that are fishing out there every single day are seeing. And one thing that we all need to talk about about the website is when I send you to an area – I'm not sending you to an area so you can go fish for a bunch of boats. I'm sending you to an area where you can actually catch fish, where maybe two or three skiffs caught fish there last night. You get over there and there's no boats there, and you're like, what are we doing here? How many of you that are watching this right now have been a part of my website for so long that you know when you get to the areas where I send you, all you're going to find in those areas is fish? That's the key. If you want to fish with a bunch of boats, and if you're always, and the people on the boat are always worried about where all the other, and here's the thing, Drew, most people that come with you on your boat are going to ask you all the time, hey, Drew, what are all those boats doing over there? <laughs> you got to answer them just like I talked about yesterday, Donnie and I. If we would have known you wanted to fish for boats, we would have stayed in the harbor, gang. The same exact way Donnie and I were talking about approaching fishing when we were running sport boats is how I approach this fishing thing when I send you out on your private boat. I'm trying to think of what I would do if I was with you. I look at the weather. I look at the water. I call all the different captains I know, and I try to find out what they're all seeing, what the water conditions are like. And I put that whole plan together, and I think of it if I was running a sport boat on Friday morning, and I was coming out of Ventura, where am I going to go? What am I, what, what island am I going to? Where am I going to go? How am I going to approach this? Do I want to fish with a bunch of boats with my 40 or 50 people? Because that's how many people we carry. Donnie talked about it. I talked about it. Donnie carried 99 people on the 
freelance. I carried 60 people on the Clementi, 60 people on the Seahorse. But that is how I go about when I talk about the, uh, the game plans for the website. And gang, don't forget this day. I'm sorry. We just got to talk about it. It's Monday. Look at that guy. That's Pops, Dave Burris. Check it out. That's the old man. That's my dad. May 15th is officially Don Hansen Day at Dana Wharf Sport Fishing in Dana Point, California. My sister and my brother have put together a phenomenal package for you guys. If you decide to go fishing on the 15th down in Dana Point, it's half off everything. Go into the store. All merchandise is 25% off. Gang, you can buy gifts. Think of this. You're going to go fishing. You're going to go and Dana Wharf is the best. You're going to go fishing. You're going to buy tickets this year in the summertime to go fishing. They're giving, they're sell, my sister and brother are selling gift certificates to go fishing on their boats. And you, you, they, they were smart though. My brother was like, no, you can only buy 10 at a time because really if you buy 10, holy mackerel, you're going to get 10 half price tickets. That's a pretty damn good deal gang. So check that out. Don Hanson Day, Dana Orr Sport Fishing on the 15th this May. It's going to be spectacular. All right. So back to our questions. I'm sorry. I just, we were talking about sport boats and there was nobody on the planet that knew more about it than he did. All right. So Dan, Kim and Dan, what are your thoughts on rigging the Mad Max with wire leader? Nope. Nope. You're not going to get a bite. It's not going to swim right. It's not going to do the things that it's intended to do. You're dragging that thing around it at 100 million miles an hour. I wouldn't put the wire on there. We used to use that coated wire before we knew better, before they made floral carbon, before all the things. Down here in Cabo, our, when we get up to Sea of Cortez, when we're fishing for Wahoo, we're putting a little piece of wire on there because it's a must. You have to. But when you're fishing that bluefin, Piece of floral carbon's all you need, Kim and Dan. You don't want to put the wire on there because it's going to take away your bite ratio tremendously. The lures weren't built to be put on with wire. It's going to change the way they swim. The way these guys have been swimming them with the floral carbon at 12 or 14 knots has been working flawlessly. We don't want to try to change it. The guys like Billy Kay and Justin and Jonathan and all the other people that were out there dragging those Mad Max around, Dwayne Diego, those guys figured it out. They, they've already done all the dumb stuff, and now they, have, they know exactly what works. So, no, don't put any wire on. If, if those guys were all putting it on and catching them, then yeah. But those guys are out there every single day, and I want to know. I'm going to do what they're doing because it's working. That's how I look at it. You know what's really funny? Kim and Dan and, and a lot of you that are listening, this is what used to blow my mind when I was running sport boats every day. And we would find a wide open school of yellowtail and they would be biting every, and Kristen, don't you dare touch that footometer on John's, on you and John's boat. Don't you touch those dials. <laughs> no, but I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm serious as a heart attack. Don't touch them. But listen, this is something that blew my mind all the time when I was your sport boat captain. We'd be in a wide open yellowtail bite and they're eating every anchovy you throw in the water as fast as you throw it in the water. And they're biting the green and yellow lure every cast. Green and yellow lure in the anchovies working phenomenal. 
guy would walk up to me with a with a beer can opener with a hook on it and go, hey, Cap, you think this will work? And I go, I have no idea, but I know what's working. Why do you want to, why do you want to try stupid stuff when we, I never understood this. Maybe one of you can explain it to me. We figure out what's working and it's working flawless and it's working all day, every day, and it works epic and we're knocking the crap out of the yellowtail and we're throwing them on the boat and everything's happening. Why do you want to see if you can figure out what they won't eat? And that's human nature, I guess, because I would get asked that question a hundred times a year. Hey, Cap, you think they'll eat? I don't know if they'll eat that, but I know what they are eating. And I've been killing myself in the gyro stabilizing binoculars. And I found this piece of water that the fish are in and they're eating every anchovy and every green lure we throw in. And now you want to see if you can find something they won't eat. I don't understand that. It blew my mind. Never, ever would I understand that. Oh, my goodness. It just blew my mind. Blew my mind. Oh, we got another one from Rob. Can you address or give your thoughts about why the industry doesn't offer or run more shared charters for pr prospective clients? Have Dan a couple times with my sons had a blast every time meeting others, sharing parties. So many father-son fishing couples can more easily swing a one or three. Here's the problem. I'm going to let you know. And this is coming from a guy whose family's been in that business since 1947. Let's say you, Rob, you, Dan, Mike Lewis, Brian, and, uh, and uh, you both brought one of your kids. So there's six, six of you on a charter. And the boat holds 12. But you chartered the boat. There's a reason why 99.9% .9 of the people chartered the boat. They don't want to fish with any other people. That's why. And the, for me to go up to them and go, hey, Rob, Dan, I know you chartered the boat. You pay, you, you, you just wanted to fish with your friends and your kids. Hey, I got three people that are calling me, asking me if I have any charters they can go on. We got room on the boat. Do you want to? No. They don't. And that's a hard question to ask. And that, that's a dumb, for, for a boat owner or a captain, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a weird question to go up and ask your clients who've spent their hard-earned money and this is like a trip of a lifetime for them. Now, if you chartered the boat and you wanted to open it up for something like that, then we will. But 90% of the people that do charter the boat don't want other people on the boat. So that's why. That's why it's hard. You, I can't ask that question. I've been in the business too long. I can't do that to you. I can't ask you that question. I would feel I would feel bad asking you that question. I would feel like I'm imposing on you. And uh, so that's got to be 99% of the reason. That's what I would think all the captains would want to do is not upset our charter guest, our charter, the guy that chartered. Any tips on locating, catching, or cooking Sargo? I've never caught one. Matt, great. Matt, Ryan, perfect. Okay, here's how I, and I have, I made, I wrote a couple articles and I did a, uh, I used to do tip of the week over on Bloody Decks. Now it's BD Outdoors, but I used to do tip of the week. And Sargo fishing this time of year is insane. You go to any of these rock structures, the, uh, 
artificial reefs, all that fish is starting to spawn right now. It's springtime and the Sargo, the Sargo swim in these massive schools and they're swimming around all these big rocks and all these artificial reefs. So you, if you've seen a Sargo, even like a five pound Sargo has got like a very small little round mouth. So we're going to use small sliding sinker and a number four hook, thin wire, black or bronze hook, and a small sinker. And we're going to fish these rock piles or all these different rocks in the upper water column, though. Those Sargo aren't down on the bottom rooting around. They're swimming. Let's say the rock's 50 feet deep. They're swimming in that top 30 feet. They're not down there. So when you get down below 30 feet, you need to wind your line back in and throw it back out and let it sink down. But little thin strips of squid are phenomenal. Light. I like to fish six pound or 10 pound with a uh, spinning rod because it's fun. So that's how I would go about that. And I would have my chum bucket. I would have my bag of strips of squid, little tiny strips, little strips, little tiny hook, little spinning rod, cast it out, put it in gear, cast it out, put it in gear and let it sink in gear. As it's sinking down, that Sargo will suck that piece of squid up He's hooked up right away. You don't have to let him run. And Sargo are a great fish to eat and a phenomenal fish to catch. It's a big croaker. The meat is almost like a white sea bass. It's, a, it's in the same family and it's a great big croaker. Or not a great big croaker, but it's a great game fish on the light tackle. It looks like a big perch almost with a big, big bar across it. Big round mouth. That makes it hard for it to suck down any big pieces of bait. So that's how I would go about Sargo fishing. And thank you, Matt, because I love Sargo fishing. It's a blast. All right. AJ, looking to score my personal best white sea bass out of South Orange County. Do you have any recommendations on boats, captains, or best time? I have allocated the first two weeks in July to pursue. AJ, when we're done here, I'll send you a couple of people's phone numbers that I would suggest you go with. They don't get free press on the show because that's just, they didn't, they didn't pay for their time on the show. They don't get free press, but I'll send you their numbers when we get done here and uh, they, they'll steer you in the right direction. I promise. All right. So we got, let's see. Hi, Dave. This is John Rose, better half. What is the optimum speed for yellowtail with live bait when you're slow trolling is what I believe you're saying. So the way I approach it is if I have two motors, I put one in gear. If I have one engine, I just like on my outboard, on my skiff, I'll just put it in gear. I might be doing a knot and a half or two knots. I'm not going to go three knots if I don't have to. Two knots is the best for slow trolling. I'm going to have that bait out, one on the right side, one on the left side. You holding one rod in free spool, thumb on, or excuse me, index finger on the spool, thumb on the trigger, thumb is on the trigger. When I start to feel the bite, you're going to feel your mackerel or your sardine back there. It's going to be twitching. All of a sudden. It's going to be a steady pull. It's going to feel totally different. And you'll recognize it the moment it happens. It's going to be a steady pull. You're going to tell John, take it out of gear. Take it out of gear. 
because I'm bit. He pops it out of gear. That fish starts to take off. You let him run. Keeping your index finger on the spool to cause pressure. Because what happens when you cause pressure? The fish thinks that the other, he thinks another fish is trying to steal the bait out of his mouth. So he's just going to violently suck it down. Click it in gear, turn the handle, take the slack out, then set the hook one time good. Hold the tip as high as you can and turn the handle randle, turn the crank hank. No, but you don't need all that violent setting the hook 50 times, but knot and a half to three knots somewhere in that zone is how I'm going to slow troll my baits. Perfect example is to go look at my rooster fish videos and how we slow troll for rooster fish because a rooster fish is just a big jack. All it is is a jack, same family as the yellowtail. I approach it exactly the same way, fish it exactly the same way with same kind of bait, big sardines or big mackerel or, or uh, mullet. If you fished mullet up there, if someone was able to get a bunch of little baby mullets and take them out yellowtail fishing, it would be insane. But the problem is in Southern California, you can't throw, you can't use a throw net. Those of you from the East Coast or Florida, you're like, what? Yeah, California, throw net is 100% illegal. Whether you're a resident of California or you're not, you cannot throw a net to catch bait in California. Crazy, 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 folks. Crazy, but it's true. Okay? All right. Matt, again, you probably can't answer, but what are some of your favorite tackle shops in L.A. or Orange County? Okay. Orange County is going to be where I'm going is Hogan's, right behind Carl's Jr. and Dana Point. I'm going to Hogan's. Oceanside, I'm going to Ken's Custom Reels. Up in uh, Huntington Beach area, I'm going to see Mark Wish at Pacific Edge on the corner of Bolsa Chica and Ettinger. He's my buddy. He's my pal. He's my friend. And he's got a lot. He's got pretty much everything we need to be successful in Southern California. You just always got to understand Mark's got a hundred million things going on. He's got a bunch of bait tanks he's building. He's got a bunch of stuff going on, a bunch of people. So you just got to stop him for a second, get in front of him and explain to him, hey, I saw, I heard about you on Let's Talk Hookup or Captain Dave was talking about you. Bam. He drops his thing for a second and he lets you in and he'll talk to you. And Mark's got everything you need up there. And then Island Tackle, Sam, another great. And I got tour of Sam's Tackle Store. And then if you're in San Diego, there's a plethora, but you know where I'm going to send you all day every day is to go see my good buddy, Rick Maxa at Fisherman's Landing Tackle. Rick can tie any knot you need tie. He's got, they got everything that works. Those are my favorite places to go. Those are my favorite places to participate in. But I know there's a lot of, a lot of tackle stores and a lot of places to get tackle. And uh, that's what I'm, that those are the places I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I I don't know, Rob. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Six pack charger too. When you got two or three people and you're gonna throw another two or three on top of them that they don't know. Most people aren't into that. Most people don't like that. Okay, Jack, my man, Jack. You gotta make me. You gotta make me a cool video to make me a superstar because I'm only getting like. 30 million views a month right now. Can you talk about some of the techniques when fishing live squid on lead heads? After it sinks to the bottom, do you bring it back up and cast it back? Absolutely. That's a good question. Okay. I'm not a hat wearer, so I don't even know how to wear the dang thing. because That's why I still got all my hair because I don't wear hats. But 
I told him I'd wear the hat today. So when you're fishing squid on a lead head, we talked about this a lot a couple days ago. When you cast it out there, Jack, it has to sink down in the water column as slow as possible, but still make contact with the bottom. You don't want it just hanging out. You don't want an eighth of an ounce, lead, an eighth ounce lead head when the boat's swinging and there's a lot of current because he's not going to get down into the water column. Those sea bass are going to swim through the water column in a big herd. There might be one down a foot off the bottom and the other one's a foot off the top and the whole school's in between those two and they're swimming along. That's why it's imperative to have your lead head sink slowly through the water column, allowing it to have as much time in that water column as possible, but still having contact with the bottom at the end. And then as soon as it hits the bottom, I wind it back in slow. I wind it in slowly. I'll wind it in slow. And then I got my left hand in front of the reel. But if I start to feel a bite, I flick it right into the freeze bowl and put my finger on it. Because a lot of times when you're, if you hooked it right, if you hooked it the way I show you on the website, when you're winding it in, it's looking like a squid going through the water. Naturally, it's going. It's not only every time you turn the knob, it's, it's pulsating like it would normally swim. And it's also rising from the bottom. So it's going to look almost like a, almost like a real squid coming off the bottom. So a lot of times those fish are going to have a tendency to bite it on the wind. So when I hit the bottom, I just don't speed wind it in and go 100 miles an hour and get it right in and then throw it back up. I'll slowly wind it in, paying attention, ready to click it in if I feel anything. If I'm feeling that squid as I'm winding in and, and all of a sudden it just feels like something touched it, right into freeze pull, right back into the game, ready to see if that was really a fish or not. I'm right back into freeze pull and, I'm, and if it was a fish, he hit it once, he's going to spin around, come back because he thinks he killed your squid and now your squid's sinking in the water column, he's going to turn around and eat it. So remember, the whole time you're fishing with it, always have contact with it. If there's any slack in the line at all, you have no contact with your bait. You don't know if it got A. You don't know if it's on there anymore. You have no idea what's going on. So you want to always make sure you have contact with the bait and that you're always fishing that thing. You don't want it to be laying on the bottom. Dave Burris, a half-ounce squid head, half-ounce Lead head are my favorite with eight-aught hook. Those work great if you're fishing deeper water with lots of current. I like the lighter ones. I like it to have more time in the water column, a half-ounce one. If you're fishing in 30 feet of water, it's going to go flying to the bottom so fast if there's no current. That's why I like to bring down the, the size of the lead head. But like Dave Burris just said, he likes that half. And you know what? He slays the... He slays the fish. So you can't argue with his technique. And he's going to sec. If I told him, here, put on a quarter ounce, he's going to second guess the whole time because he's so laser beam focused on fishing the half ounce, where I'm so laser beam focused on fishing the eighth ounce or the quarter ounce. That That's the difference. And in it, a lot of it's what you prefer. But as you're starting to learn, there's different reasons why we do what we do. And there's different reasons why I teach what I teach is because I spend so much time with so many people so that I've seen what works for them and what works. And yeah, Dave, you're talking 100, 
90 to 120 feet? Absolutely. You're going to want to use that bigger lead head like a half ounce. But I'm fishing on the beaches 90% of the time because that's where I want to fish. Plus, I want to make sure we get some fish. And there's bass and halibut and rockfish and everything else in there. Gang, don't forget, we got a big show. Hit that QR code if you want to learn how to donate for the War Heroes. We got a big, big show for you on Friday. We got some real War Heroes going to join us. The guy standing right up on the very front of the bow there, Mike. Mike Nard's going to join us. And three of his buddies are going to join us. And we're going to have a great show. And Rod Halperin's going to be here to tell to tell everybody how the War Heroes on Water tournament works and how everything comes together and how important it is that we need your support and we need your help. And they're always looking for a boat or two if you can carry some people. He's going to let us all know if we need any more boats. He's going to let us all know what we need, what's going on, what direction we're headed in, how much support we need. But we've never had enough support. We always need more support. So check out the show on Friday. It should be really good. And uh, don't forget to swing over to uh, Promar. If you get that QR code, we got we added a lot of people since we put that QR code up last. If you go to this QR code, that's going to take you to the Promar Ahi store. But it's going to take you in there as a Your Saltwater Guide. So when you enter the store as Your Saltwater Guide, that is going to enter you into the bitchin' contest. On June 1st, we're going to give away a big grab bag of cool stuff from Promar Ahi. How do you get that? Well, you go to the website. Are you download the QR code and then enter their website through the QR code? No purchase necessary. You don't have to buy anything, but you do have to enter the store, the shop, Promar Ahi USA, through the QR code that I just flashed on the screen. Once you are entered that way, Elliot can track who you are, and we're going to give away a really cool package of uh, stuff to one lucky person. So don't forget to grab that QR code. I'm going to pull it back down off the screen. We're going to go for a few more minutes. We still have some more questions to answer, and I always try to answer all the questions. Those of you that got to go back to work, sorry, but we'll keep going with those that don't have to go back to work for a little while. So grab that QR code. Real quick, I'm pulling it down. You're not going to get another chance to see it today. There it goes. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. So, Tim, is 50-pound braid enough for fishing La Jolla, or do I need to bump it up? Here's the deal. That big yellowtail that lives in La Jolla, it's going to have a tendency to go ripping through that kelp. So, me personally, I'm probably going to use 65. 50-pound um, will work. But 65 is what I'm going to fish with. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, a little bit heavier is what I would use. That's what I'm going to fish with. That's how I'm going to go about it. That's how I'm going to put it together, and that's what I'm going to do. Okay, can you do a video on how to remove the white sea bass stones from the head? I tried looking to see if you had a video, but I couldn't find one. Yes, Matt. Yes. I'm going to put, a, I'm going to put out a cool video on how to get the stones out. But you know what we need for that? We need a white sea bass. And that's easier said than done. So as soon as we get one, we'll try to show you how to take the stones out. Justin will probably catch one before I do. But if he does, I'll walk him through how to do it and we'll, we'll show it to you. It's not easy. It is 
not easy. And the bigger they get, the harder they are. I was lucky when I was a kid, we had Tom Cod in Dana Point in San Clemente. And those little Tom Cod have the same stones that a white sea bass has in their head. So does the Sargo. So does the China Croaker. So does the uh, Yellowfin Croaker and the, uh, and the Spotfin Croaker. They all have those equilibrium stones right behind their eyes. But I used to take them out of the Tomcod all day. We'd have hundreds of Tomcod on the boat and I would peel those things out of their heads. Then you get to that sea bass. Once it gets over 20 pounds, it's like unbelievably hard to get them out. It's not an easy feat. It's not easy. It's, it's rock hard inside the bone of the head of the fish. Remember what Wayne said, though? They need the heads. If you drop your head off and tell them, I want the stones, you can get the stones. You'll do it once, Matt, and it sucks. You'll do it, but it's not fun, and it sucks, and people break their knives and cut themselves trying to get those stones out because you're going through rock-hard bone to get in there. You literally have to chisel your knife blade into that 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 uh, that bone where those stones are hanging out at. So that's what I got to say about that. And then uh, here we got more questions. All right. Donnie, when I pull up to the edge of the kelp, how can I tell which way the current's going? Perfect. You, you're obviously not part of my website. That's okay. Not everybody is. When you're pulling up to the edge of the kelp and you're looking over the side of the boat, the kelp leaves. Now, I'm not talking a kelp paddy offshore. We're talking about kelp beds where the kelp actually is growing off the bottom of the ocean and coming to the surface. These kelp patties that you guys were catching fish on, the Dorado and the Yellowtail last year, those are floating pieces of kelp that have broken off from the islands, the outer islands, the Channel Islands. But if you're at Catalina or San Clemente Island or up or down the coast and you're fishing the kelp beds, the way that you can tell which way the current's going is you get a look over the side and you're going to see the kelp coming up from the bottom and you're going to see it. If all the kelp fronds are pointed down the coast, that is a downhill current. If it's growing straight up and then it's all just circly and matted and it's not really moving, there's no current at all. And you don't want to fish there because if there's no current, they're not going to bite. Now, if all the kelp fronds are growing up and then pointed towards LA, that's uphill current. That's really, really, really not the current we want. But you, there are certain spots that fish very well uphill current. But prevailing current in Southern California, Mexico is downhill. That's going from LA to San Diego or from, from Tijuana to Cabo or whatever, however you want to look at it. That is downtown the best current going. Why is current so important? Well, here's how I explain it to most people. You ever been on a trout stream? The easiest part of the trout stream to fish is the place where there's no water movement. You can throw your line right there, your bobber in there in the stream, and it'll just set there. And it's you can relax and take your time. Those fish are going to be out there where the water's moving. 
Why are they out there where the water is moving? Because they know that that water is going to bring them something to eat. Same thing with the current. If there's no current, those fish aren't going to be in the feeding mode. They're just going to be in the swimming around mode. So what happens is you can go a mile up or down the coast. You can go out. First spot you stop at, there's no current. You can go a mile north or south and find current. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Current, if someone tells you they can track current, they're lying. They can track water movement. They can track tidal movement. But tidal movement is not current. Tidal movement is tidal movement. Current is something that is caused by wind and and uh, all kinds of different things. But nobody really knows what causes the current because it can be flat glass for three days. And the current can be smoldering down the coast. And it can be smoldering down the coast from L.A. to San Diego. And you can go five miles south of that. And it can be going straight up the coast. We've seen it a hundred times. If I've seen it once. So nobody really knows what causes current. The only way to know in the kelp is to look at the kelp fronts. And the only other way to know is to drop your anchor. And then whichever way the line's going off your boat when you're anchored up. Your lines are running off the bow. You know it's a uphill current. or Well, that's all depends on the wind, too. The wind's going to tell you which way the boat's going to lay. But the current is hard to read if there's no kelp or no buoys around. It's easy when those uh, lobster traps are all out there. You can totally see which way the current was going when the lobster traps were out there. But now that the lobster traps are gone, it's hard to tell which way the current's going. Don't get mad at me, you silly. And uh, let's see, we got more questions. Tim's asking, when would I use monofilament instead of uh, floral? I'm going to use mono when I'm fishing light, like six pound or, or uh, eight pound. That's something we didn't talk about when we were talking about Sargo fishing. I'm using monofilament. Because that braid's going to have a tendency to, I'm sorry, John, or uh, Matt, I didn't cover that. I'm going to use monofilament. It's going to have more time in the in the zone when I'm fishing light line than braided line will. Also, when I'm trout fishing, I'm using monofilament. Because it's got a tendency to stay in that water column and not sink as fast as the braided line. As far as fish and salt water, once I get... Past the Sargo fishing, I'm using straight braid all the time with a piece of floral carbon. Why? Because floral carbon matters because the fish can't see it. We talked about floral carbon last year when we used to have a floral carbon sponsor, but now he's too big time to use us as a sponsor anymore. Now that he sold so much floral carbon, he's like, I don't need you anymore, Dave. Yeah, well, thanks. Because the only reason you sold all that floral carbon was because of me. But whatever. But clear floral carbon is always going to be my go-to choice because I'm trying to fish something that's invisible. The last thing I'm going to do is put on a piece of colored floral carbon. I know you guys love the pink floral carbon and a lot of guys love the blue. I can't stand it. I want clear all day, every day because I'm trying to trick the fish into eating what I'm presenting. So that's why I use that. So that's how I go about it. 
and I tie my fluorocarbon straight to my braid, no swivels, no beads, none of that crap. I just tie it. If, and if you look on this reel right here, I was just looking at it a second ago. The knot is still there. That's the knot right there from where I tied my floral on and double uni. It works just fine. I just broke the piece of monofilament off when I was, or excuse me, I just broke the piece of floral carbon off when I was all done fishing for the day. And then I back the drag all the way off and I store my reels in the closet. The moment I'm done fishing, by the way, the moment I'm done, I take the rod, the rod, reels off the rods, put the reels in my backpack, put the rods in the corner, wrap them with my rubber bands that I have and uh, give them a quick hose off when I get to the dock, shove them in my car, take them home, put them, put them up in the rack here above the closet. I'm never putting my rods away with the reels on them. That's ridiculous. That's silly. That's laziness. You don't know what, first of all, I don't know what I'm going to go fish for tomorrow or the next day or when I go fishing again. I don't know what I'm going to be using, where I'm going to go, how I'm going to, if I don't know, I'm sure you don't know. And the last thing I want to do is have a reel stuck on my rod, trying to put it up in the rack. It's going to take up a phenomenal amount of room. You can put 20 rods in a little corner of your house, but if you put 20 rods with the reels on them, you're going to need a giant piece of real estate to put them there. Don't leave your reels strapped to your rods. That's silly, ridiculous. Plus, when you do take it off, you're going to see that. Underneath that reel seat is a phenomenal amount of salt that is just helping to corrode your reel seat on your reel and your reel seat on your rod. So don't leave the rods hooked to to your reels and don't leave your reels hooked to your rods. Okay, that's uh we got a few more minutes for a few more questions. Yeah, like Dave Burr's rod builder extraordinaire, leaving them hooked to them destroys the rod. It ruins the rod and. And also when you lean it up in the corner with the, when you lean it up in the corner with nothing on it, it stands up straight. When you leave your reel on there, it puts a tiny bend in the rod. You leave it in there for, a, let's just say you left it in there for a year. You pull your rod out to go fishing and it's got a permanent bend in it. What is wrong with you? Take the reels off your rods. So many of you have them on right now. That's just, well, I'm going fishing in three weeks on the Royal Player. Okay, in three weeks, put the reel on your rod, especially if you're going on an overnight boat or a long-range boat. You're going to have plenty of time to put the reels on the rods. I'm not showing up on the boat with my reels on my rods. I usually bring three reels and two rods when I go fishing because I'm going to bring an extra reel in case one of the reels breaks. And I'm only bringing two rods because I don't need a plethora. I don't need 20 rods. I don't. I know what rod I want to fish with. So I, and I bring an extra rod in case the one I want to fish with breaks because it happens. Rod falls down. Someone kicks it, knocks it over, and it breaks one of the ceramic guides on it. Now I can't use it. Or the tip falls off or gosh knows. So many different variables could happen. So I'm always going to have an extra rod with me. And I'm going to have three reels in my bag because it's inevitably one of the reels is going to stop working. I'm going to have 65 pound braid, 40 pound braid. I'm going to have two with 65 and one with 40 pound braid. And then I'm going to have a plethora of spools of fluorocarbon to change out the top shots on them. But I'm not, 
I don't understand that. And I know you have 50 rods and I understand that's awesome. That's great. I'm so glad you have that many rods, but you don't need to bring them all on the boat. I think when people bring that many rods, they're just trying to show everybody, I got a bunch of rods. It's ridiculous. It's, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And when you bring that tackle box, that's so heavy that we need a forklift to get it on the boat. What is that all about, gang? Why do you do that? Why do you have so much tackle in this box? If you're going to go on a boat to go fishing, if you're going to go on your friend's boat or you're going to go on a charter boat or you're going to go on an overnight boat, you're going to call the landing. You're going to find out what's going on. You're going to look at somebody's website, like maybe your saltwater guide, and you're going to find out, what do I need? Well, I need some number four aught, and I need some number two aught hooks. I need some 50-pound fluoro. I need some 30-pound fluoro. I need a couple of flat falls or a knife jig or a, or a um, carnata carna, jig, or I need some live deception flash jigs or... I need a handful of this and a handful of that. I do not need a tackle box that I can't pick up. I don't need that. I'm never, I fished a lot. Probably not as much as you guys, but I fish a lot. And if I can't fit it in my pack backpack, I'm not bringing it. And 90% of the time, if it don't fit in my front, front right pocket, I don't need it. I have a small, if I'm going to go, Rooster fish fishing tomorrow down here, and there's a good chance that I will because the weather's supposed to be bitching and they're biting. So let's just talk about that. I'm going to go rooster fish fishing tomorrow. I know what kind of bait I asked for. I asked for some. Uh, I asked for some mullet, small small mullet. That's what I want. If we don't get the small mullet, I'm going to go home. I don't have any desire to go fish with the mackerel or try to fish with rig ballyhoo. I know I want the small mullet. I know I'm going to use number four thin wire, or excuse me, four aught thin wire hook. I'm going to use 50 pound fluorocarbon and I'm going to tie it to this reel. I'm going to bring an extra reel and I'm going to bring my two nine foot PCH rods because I know, and, I, and I'm going to bring a little bit of fluorocarbon probably two little pieces. I'm going to wrap them up. I'm going to put them in my pockets. I'm going to put a box of hooks in my, or a Ziploc bag with like 10 hooks in it. And the two reels in my backpack with my food and my jacket. And that's how I'm going fishing. I don't understand why you guys bring so much crap that you're never going to use. And I know there's a lot of my friends that own tackle stores and are more than willing to sell you a bunch of crap. They want to sell you a bunch of crap. They do. They want you to have the most. They want you to have all the stuff they have in their store in your box. That's the key to the whole thing. They want you to have all that stuff. But you don't need it. Gang, just bring what you need when you go. I'm sorry. Those of you that own the tackle stores that are watching me, I know. Well, then believe me, there's still those people that are going to buy everything and they're going to fill up their box. And if you don't know how to cast, if you don't know how to cast and you don't have a big spinning reel and you don't know how to cast, stop buying lures. Stop buying lures. Stop buying lures because you don't know how to cast. 
Lures are worthless if you don't know how to cast. Unless it's a flat fall or, or a knife jig or something like that, you're going to go bluefin fishing. But you guys, so many of you have so many lures in your tackle box, and I just look at you and go, why? I've been with you all day. You don't know how to cast. I got to take the hat off. I wore it for an hour. That's good enough for me. My head needs to breathe. Look, I'm just trying to help you, gang. If you don't know how to cast, you don't need to buy any lures. Okay? Like I teach all my guys, and when I ran guide service with you, I brought a bag of hooks, brought some fluorocarbon, and uh, we seem to do just fine. I know you need a hook, and I know you need some bait. So as far as all that other stuff, it's just not that important. Slow down. Stop spending all your money. The thing about the guy that spends the most money going fishing, he's never going to be the guy that catches the most. Okay, Tim, any suggestions on fishing the Whistler buoy out of San Diego? You know, there's some fish that live underneath that. It's all current. It's all about the current and water conditions there. Most of the time that water is so dirty in front of that with those giant Navy ships coming in and out of that marina, San Diego Harbor all the time. They churn up so much of the bottom grime and it brings them up to the top with those big propellers and the draft that they have. So that water is usually really dirty there. But if you do happen to get there on a clean day, that Whistler buoy has a lot of calico bass that live underneath of it. But it's just, it's just too much of a hit and miss to try to fish that thing for any amount of time. To get Mr. Brockman to go out with you on your boat ain't going to happen. Nope. Donnie's done. He can't. His knees are really a mess. He kind of walks now most of the time with a walker or a cane. He can't go out on your boat and hang out. The The movement of the boat and everything, he, he's not going to be able to hang out on your boat. So that's not going to happen. Donnie's not coming with you on your boat. He's he, When he goes fishing, he's going on, on his pontoon boat on Lake Havasu, and he's fishing stripers. That's what he's doing because he can set... And that boat's super stable and he can kind of move around a little bit, but he's got his walker or he's got his cane. His really his knees are just wiped out. And if those of you that knew him back in the day, you know why they were wiped out. So gang, I want to thank everybody for being a part of this show all the time. I wouldn't do this without all the people watching all the time. Today we had a phenomenal amount of viewers, which is cool for me. I love that. I just cannot believe the support that I get on a daily basis from all of you. So thank you so much for all your support and everything you do for me. Tomorrow is going to be an awesome show. Those of you on Spotify and Apple and Megaphone, listen, Kelly Girl is going to be on the show tomorrow. She already promised she's going to be here. I've been a very good boy this week, so she's going to join us on the show tomorrow. So text your questions, Megaphone, Spotify, Apple. Those guys, you need to text your questions now and she'll answer them on air tomorrow and you'll be able to hear it. Those of you on Facebook and uh, YouTube, you can ask the questions tomorrow. You can text them in now whenever you want. The number is 949-374-0786. I know she's out shopping at Costco and she's not watching this. Listen, it's a big deal for her to come on here. She's not real into being in front of people. So please... Send me some questions for Kelly Girl. 
Send me questions that pertain to her. What's it like? Well, how should we be when we take our girl or our significant other fishing? Ask her some questions. Ask her some questions, gang. She's going to be on the show tomorrow. I know you got a lot of questions for me, and I'll answer them all day, every day. But please, she's going to be here tomorrow. Help me out. It'll be way better. Don't forget. Thank you, Mike Lewis. Don't forget. Stars, gang. It's important. Leave the stars for me and Kel and Marley and everybody. Leave us some stars. Yeah, those Carnata jigs are deadly. Leave some stars. It's super important, gang. Also, hit the like button and the subscribe button at YouTube. Hit the like button and the subscribe button. Share this with everybody, gang. All these things I don't ever talk about, and you hear all the other people talk about this, like this, subscribe to this. Elliot's telling me how important it is. That's why everyone says it. It helps the algorithm, gang, to get me out in front of more people. I know you all enjoy me. It's not going to hurt you to hit that like button. It's not going to hurt you to hit the subscribe button. Those two things help me out tremendously. If you can't afford to leave me some stars, hit the like button and the subscribe button, gang, on all my videos. I got so many. I put out four brand new videos every single day across all social media, every single day. Everywhere I go, I'm filming stuff. I'm trying to make sure, not filming, I'm videoing. Thank you, Jack. I'm videoing stuff, trying to make sure that I have enough stuff all the time in the can. Next week, Kelly Girl and I are driving our car down to Baja. We're going to try to film as much of that as we can to show you how incredibly safe the Baja is, how you don't need to be worried. We're going to try to film as much as we can. We're going to stay at a couple of cool little resorts on the way down. So we'll try to show you as much of that as we can. And then please, please, please. Hit that subscribe and that like button. I don't say it enough, but I should. I should. I should. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike Lewis. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we will we will uh, get to it. I went way over today. People have been waiting for me. They're like, it's 1.30, Dave. Are you still talking? We have a lot of members that want to talk to me all the time, gang. If you have not been on our website yet, I have a 14-day free trial. Leave your phone number. I will give you a full tour of how the website works. You will never be disappointed. And it's a fun place. The community is a fun place to hang out, feel safe, and post cool stuff. And uh, you look at Eli's son, Etai, won 200 U.S. dollars. He's got, we got phenomenal pictures of him. We're going to post them of him watching. And we have a cool little video. It's going to be posted today of him watching the video of me giving him the $200. Oh my God. The kid is so special and so adorable. That's what we do over here. We try to keep everybody excited and engaged in the act of fishing. Cause I love to fish and uh, I want you all to love to fish and I love to talk fishing. That's why my phone number is out there. And I want to help all of you to be better fisher persons and better human beings when you're out there fishing so you're not you're not the guy that guy you're the guy we all want to be the guy we do not want to be that guy and i try to teach that on a daily basis so thank you all very very much for watching the show today a little longer than normal but we had a lot of questions to answer we had a lot of things and now we got some questions coming in for kelly girl 
those of you that are sending them, thank you. That make ah, that makes my heart feel good. That makes my heart feel good. And uh, thank you very, very much. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye.